Hey everybody, this is No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host Asa and I'm here with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And we're going to guide you through the wonderful world of AEW Dynamite. It was July 12th, 2023. They were live in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. And let's get right to it. What do you say? Sounds good. Opening match, the eight-time former world champion Chris Jericho taking on an up-and-coming uh, luchador, one of my favorites on the roster, um, if you count him as being on the roster of AEW, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's, he's all elite. He's all elite? Okay. He's all elite, yeah. Oh, I th- uh, he is, that's Yeah, right. I retweeted it, yeah. Uh, Commander. Uh, very cool. You know, he does his rope walking, his high flying, very skilled young guy. I enjoy him. Before you get into the match, I think it's important to point out that Jericho comes out by himself. He is not accompanied by any members of the JAS for this match. That is interesting, seeing as how he's recently been discussing uh, abandoning the JAS mm-hmm. and and perhaps joining up and, and becoming a family member of Don Callis's family. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll talk about that a, a bit later. Uh, but Commander is accompanied by Alex Ebrahantis. Uh, and we start off, Commander goes old school on the ropes, as they call it when The Undertaker does it, but it just means walking on the ropes. Uh, so he walks on the ropes, holding Jericho's hand, comes off with a flying head scissors. Commander heads to the outside with a flying tornado. Uh, Jericho back in with a brain buster. Brain buster. He then winked and kissed at the camera. Jericho knows how to keep it cool. Uh, Jericho reverses an Irish whip, throws Commander into the barrier outside the ring. Back inside the ring, Commander bounces off the ropes into an arm drag. Commander scales the ropes and gets posted by Jericho. Uh, Jericho climbs with Commander. Commander headbutts Jericho off. Commander goes for the rope walk, hits a shooting star press on Jericho, gets a two count. Commander rope walks again. Uh, Excuse me, he he rope walks one rope, jumps onto another, and then hits a springboard moonsault. Uh, Back in the ring, there's a phoenix splash and a two count for Commander. We, uh, we get a code breaker counter by Jericho for a two count of his own. Uh, and eventually, Chris Jericho, he's able to slap the lion tamer on. Commander taps out. So Jericho ends up fighting from underneath and winning by submission. Very entertaining match here. Uh, I give it four bones out of five. This is the highest profile match in which we've seen Commander Mm-hmm. I mean, taking on eight-time world champion. Um, he got in a lot of offense, got in some awesome, unique moves, but was just short of the victory. Would have been a huge victory for Commander, but Chris Jericho let him get a lot of offense in. Um, after the match, Don Callis comes out, and he's trying to play to Jericho's emotions, trying to get him to, to join his wrestling family. And Callis plays a video involving himself, Jericho, and a character I'm not familiar with named Bad News Allen, 
from 1995. It's from somewhere in Canada. Uh, and as I said, he's trying to uh, play on Jericho's heartstrings and talk about their long relationship and the fact that they're both Canadian also, trying to get him to, to come to his side. Uh, Kay, what do you have to say about this awesome four-bone out of five match? It was awesome. It was I, awesome. Yeah, Commander I think, yeah. is the shit. He is the shit. And Jericho did a really phenomenal job of letting Commander shine. Jericho um, is the shit. Yeah. Jericho... I he is the shit. He is the shit. And he yeah. gets a lot of shit online from people, which I just don't get. They like, don't know. If, they, if the people... If people are... I'm sorry to interrupt you. If people are dissing Chris Jericho online for not putting over younger talent... Flat out, they do they do not understand how the business works. Well, that's what I was. Gonna Period. Say. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that this match really highlights how good Jericho is at putting other people over, which is the biggest complaint I see from people online is that he doesn't do that. But this match is just one of a million examples we've seen in AEW since its creation of him really helping. A rising star rise even higher. Oh yeah, you know? and, um, and you don't always have to, you know, putting a lot of times we hear the term putting someone over. In wrestling parlance, it doesn't just mean winning. winning. Yeah. Now a lot of times we hear, oh, he put him over means he he let him win. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Putting over just means making somebody look good. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what it means. And now a lot of times we we take it we equate it with he put him over he let him win. That's not what it means. Putting somebody over means making them look good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you can say it. Now, you, you'll get into some confusion because you can say, oh, he put him over means, can also mean, oh, he let him win. Mm -hmm. But when you simply put, putting someone over just means making them look good. Mm -hmm. just, to, just to clear up any confusion. Yeah. And... You don't always have to let someone win to put them over. Just as Jericho proved here, because Jericho won the match, but Commander got over like crazy. Mm -hmm. Commander, whose moves were already over, now take them out there against a legend, a living legend, an eight-time world champion. Take those same moves he's been doing to, to people on Rampage. Take them out there, do them on Jericho. All the more impact. And and that's what Jericho has done for for Commander for Action Andrade. You know he put him over. I mean, actually Orange lost Cassidy. to Andrade. Or Orange Cassidy. He legitimized Jericho. Did mm -hmm. legitimized Orange Cassidy uh, to a large extent in mm -hmm. in how he put him over. I mean, you can list several more too. Jericho mm -hmm. has been so good in this company at putting other talent over and younger talent mm. of course over uh that when people when i see people criticizing him as not putting people over I, I don't know what the fuck they're watching or what kind of grudge they have against chris jericho because there's it's not a matter of opinion they're just wrong yeah they're, they're just wrong yeah because that's one of his one of the things he's done best in this company is well, put one, others one over. One of his gifts, you know, one is, of his is gifts, making yeah. others look good. Exactly. I mean, um, that's when you can tell a really skilled wrestler is is when not only do they look good, but they can make their opponents look mm -hmm. like a million bucks. Yeah. Your Ric Flair's, your Bret Hart's, mm -hmm. your Chris Jericho's. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that, that almost is one of my complaints about this match. Like, I really love... I mean, I loved this match. But I did feel like it was very one-sided towards Commander. You know, like, Jericho, until the last, like, two moves, you know, he didn't really get much offense in during this match. Um, which is a minor complaint, because the match was fantastic. Um, there was a beautiful Hurricane Rana at the beginning uh, that you didn't mention uh, by Commander. After jumping repeatedly on the ropes, like, like from top to middle rope, he jumped back and forth a few times, like switching his legs from each side, mm-hmm. kind of like hypnotizing Jericho with <laughs> his weird footwork. Yeah. Uh, and then he did a hark and run on him, and it was pretty awesome. Oh, I might have missed it. Yeah, yeah, the other thing that I think is worth noting, uh, Jericho did put um, Commander in the Lion Tamer for the win, but he caught Commander mid-air to do this. Commander was trying to do, according to... Excalibur. He was trying to do a Dragon Rana, which I don't know that move specifically. Um, but he was setting himself up for a Dragon Rana, and Jericho caught him like from the air when he was jumping to do the move on him. And it was just an impressive feat of strength from Jericho, mm-hmm. who doesn't often show like huge displays of strength. And so I just thought it was worth noting because it was really impressive. He caught him and then put him right into the the Lion Tamer. For Not the that win. Commander is super heavy. No, but when someone has Momentum, momentum and, you know, yeah. I mean, and being able to being able being able to stop them, mid swinging jump, you know, that's pretty pretty impressive. Um. The, my my other thing that I I just wanted to point out was that the crowd was great during this match. Yeah, um, the crowd was into and, it, and Jericho did. Crowd a, crowds love Commander. They love the rope walking stuff. I mean, it's so and and I'll tell you this: people appreciate it. But I've been in a in a wrestling ring i I don't know I, I don't talk about it all the time but maybe some of some of you know i went to wrestling school um so i when i talk about things believe it or not i know what i'm talking about a lot of the times uh it's harder to walk on those ropes than you think it is mm-hmm. like imagine how hard you think it is multiply it by like a hundred and that's how hard that is to do it's amazing what the things that he does yeah, because um, those ropes are just bouncing. They're just spring, you know. They're just coiled so tightly. They're just cords of kinetic energy. Like as soon as you bounce on them, as soon as you excuse me, step on them, they're like trying to bounce you off. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just springing yeah. up and down trying to bounce you off. Well, it's kind of like tightrope walking, except the rope's not the, as tight as as it is for a tightrope, which it would think would make it more difficult. You know, because correct, it's, it's in motion. Correct. Um, but one thing I wanted to note about the crowd, for the first, like, 20, maybe 15 seconds of this match, they were cheering Jericho, who is from Canada, as you mentioned, and booing Commander. And then as soon as Commander did his first move, they they were on his side. And, and Jericho did a great job of getting the crowd to turn on him. Like, he was flipping them off any chance he got. Like, I, I know we've talked about this before, about how it's kind of like the job of the heel if the crowd is cheering for you, is to get them to stop. And he did it so quickly. So just another example of... Not to get them to stop. It's your job to get them to cheer for the other guy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, but also to stop cheering you. Correct. To yeah, stop that, cheering you and yeah. start cheering the other guy. Yeah, and Jericho did a great a great job of that. Um, yeah, and that's all, all I got for this match. Yeah, Commander great. has... Crowds love him. 
he has a, a good future ahead. And I tell you that, you know, I say this about AW guys, and I say it, and I say it. He needs to hit the weight room. Now, is that going to throw off all this acrobatic shit, you know? Probably, right? Probably. Well, throw off his timing and his... It's not going to throw off his timing. It's going to change his center of gravity. Right. Which is going to make things difficult. I mean, is if he does it slowly over time, which right. is how most people do it, right. uh, then I would think that he would adjust as he's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he just went, like, from how he is now to, like, bulky, yes, it would throw off his center of gravity. I'm not talking about bulky. I'm yeah. just talking about get a little physique on you. Like get a little definition. more. Yeah, get some definition and get some more strength. Not only will you look better, but you'll be able to perform more moves um, offensively and more reversals as well. Um, and, of course, the stronger you are, the more moves you can help your opponent do. You can help your opponent mm-hmm. perform. Because, you know, a lot of times when your opponent is performing a move, they're being helped by you to do the move. Mm-hmm. And if you're not strong enough, they can't do that move. That that given move, mm-hmm. so that's a lot of why wrestlers are need to be strong is because they have to support the weight of another man or another woman. Yeah, and I mean you can be strong without having muscle muscle right 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 fine muscles. But, but I'm saying just get a little definition for for looks sake. One, you know it helps. Uh, it. it you know it helps when the the people in the ring don't look the same as the people in the audience. You know, you, you want to look different. You want to look more muscular than the people in the audience. Otherwise, what are we coming and paying our money to see? Uh, but you want to look different, but also be able to use that muscle. Um, so just some definition for Commander would be nice. Just a little. And I could say that for a lot of guys on the AEW roster. Adam Cole, I'm looking at you. <laughs> uh, you can say that for a lot of guys on their roster. Uh, just get some definition. Just like, goddamn, talk to talk to Brian Cage for two minutes. I bet he could help you out. I mean, seriously. Um, some of these guys just needs to to put in some work in the in the weight room and and get some definition to the to them. Can I disagree with you on one thing real quick? It, it, sure. Um, I think that some people like seeing wrestlers that look like them. You know that, like. I think that some people like seeing, like, Darby Allen or people like Adam Cole. Darby Allen's a different case. Well, but, I mean, but I mean, like, people like Adam Cole, okay? So so people who are who need to hit the weight room. Uh, because I think that it helps them fantasize that, like, they could do what he's doing, you know? But not in, like, a dismissive of him kind of way, but in a in a hopeful maybe one day I can be like Adam Cole kind of way, you know? I'm sure a lot of people like it. I, I'm just saying I'm not one of them. Okay, I thought, I thought you were saying that fans don't want to see people like them. Uh, I think by and large, fans don't want to see mm-hmm. people that look like them. Otherwise, how do you explain Hulk Hogan? Yeah, Randy Savage, etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that era is gone. But fans, they still they want to see, you know... People with muscles, they want to see, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people, they're, they're like superheroes, wrestlers. Yeah. They're like walking, talking superheroes, you know? Mm-hmm. That's 
part of the appeal. That was part of the appeal to me as a child. Uh, and I still, if I look at it, probably is as an adult. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. part of the appeal. Walking, talking heroes these people are. Larger than life. And if they look like some schlub next to me at the grocery store line, they lose part of that appeal to me. That's what we were saying. Uh, but yeah, Commander, keep up the great work. Otherwise, hit the gym. Uh but yeah, I, that being said, I like Commander. He's one of my favorites, very favorites in the company. Uh, so, so is Jericho, for that matter. Yeah, very cool match. Uh, I wish they had kept this for the main event, honestly. I do too. And I think it should have been the main event. I understand them putting it on first, though. I understand. Yeah, I do too. It should have been one or the other, so yeah. they, they may have made the right call. They're, um, they're good at... at- making the best match either first or last you know like they're i feel like they're pretty good at predicting what's going to be the crowd favorite and putting it in in that first spot or that last spot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i don't love that their main event was talking yeah i'm never for that on a wrestling show i want to be very clear i'm never for the main event being talking yeah. I always want the main event to be a match. Yeah. Always. Whether I'm at the show, whether I'm watching on TV, whatever. Cuz yeah. Cuz then they talk and the end the end of the end of the show is a sentence. What? What kind yeah. of end for a wrestling show is that? Yeah. <laughs> it should be a, a body slam, not a sentence. Yeah. You see the difference in in action? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh up next. Alex Marvez is bugging Jack Perry at his car. Like, he's standing at his car, waiting for him to come out. Uh, Hook tries to get in. Uh, FTW champion Hook shows up. Uh, but Perry gets away. I think he... Doesn't he, like, open the door? He's in the car. Like, he's in like, the car. Perry rolls the window down to do the interview. Right. And then he starts talking. And as soon as he starts talking, Hook comes in through the passenger door on the other side... And starts hitting Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy can't get out because the child locks her on. So he has to reach to the outside door handle to open the door to get out. And then he runs away. Thank you. I feel like we're going backwards with these segments. Like, how how many times have we done this now with, with Jack Perry and Hook? Three? This is the third time. Yeah. Why, why are we doing this over and over? I mean, you know, what's going to end up with... Uh, Jack Perry riding around in like a Pope mobile, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you people... I thought you said Poke mobile, and I was like, "Is that a thing in Pokemon that I no. don't remember?" No, I said the Pope mobile. Yeah, no, I gotcha, I gotcha. Which, for those of you who aren't old enough to know what I'm talking about, uh, at one point one of the popes was shot, and then so to protect the sh- the Pope from getting shot and supposedly going straight to heaven to collect his reward. Uh, they they built this car, you know, where they, they would, they used to just drive the Pope in a car and he'd wave and bless everybody and do that in the open. And then after the Pope got shot, they were afraid of, look up what Pope got shot, please. I think it's John Paul, but I will look it up. I think it was John Paul the first, Pope yeah. John Paul. Uh, they were afraid of the Pope getting assassinated. So then they built this car with a bubble and so the Pope could still be seen by everyone and could still wave and all that, but it was bulletproof glass. So it's kind of an outdated term now, but if you hear that term, Pope-mobile, 
That's what people are talking about is a, a, a car with a bubble of bulletproof glass. Mm-hmm. It was Pope John Paul II. The second. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't think he was the first. I thought he was the third, but Pope, Pope. John Paul II uh, was was shot. Nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one, and survived. And then, and then, as John Carlin said, you know, they put the bulletproof glass around the Pope. Man, shit! If this guy is uh, scared of getting shot and going to heaven, what hope do the rest of us bastards have? Do you mean George Carlin? What did I say? You said John. I said John Carlin. Yeah. That's not a person. George Carlin. Okay. George Carlin, the comedian, <laughs> mm. said, yeah, if the if the Pope is scared of getting shot and going to heaven, what hope do the rest of us have? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's my question, though. Is Jack Perry going to come in a Pope-mobile? <laughs> is that what we're going to see? Somebody <laughs> driving him around with a, a encased in glass? Well, he... When we get an interview through the bubble and then, and then Hook can't reach him? My question is, does he does he not own a phone? He keeps getting attacked trying to go find Tony Khan to talk to him. Yeah. Like, can't he just call him and get this all squared away? Like, it's... It's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's repetitive. Yes. And dumb. Luckily... What they're doing. And, and they've just turned his character heel. They're losing that momentum mm-hmm. quickly. They're digging... They're... You know they're 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 losing the momentum quickly of the heel turn. They need to mm-hmm. they need to have something happen now with this. Yeah. Um. Luckily, while these segments are repetitive and kind of stupid, uh, they are at least brief. You know, like they're fast, short segments. So that's the one positive I can give this. Well, it's stupid, at least it's short. Yeah. It's not really something you want to be hearing about your wrestling show. Well, it's like QTV, you know. It's stupid, but at least it's short. Mm. Uh, next, Don Callis is with Rene Paquette. And uh, he says he's naming the Blackpool Combat Club's fifth Blood and Guts member later. Of course, Of course, the big Blood and Guts match coming up. Wednesday, July 19th. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. I love Blood and Guts. It's one of my favorite things AEW does. Also, I just want to point out, he makes a big deal about the fact that he's going to be alone because he's not scared of Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega's a wuss. So he's going to be in the ring by himself making this announcement. Uh, up next, uh, MJF and uh, the, the world champion MJF and Adam Cole are hanging out again. Uh, they're at a bar, and MJF tries to get Adam Cole to go after some women uh, with him, you know, to pursue some young ladies. Cole refuses and says uh, he's happy with Britt, of course, referring to his relationship with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And then MJF asks all four of the women uh, to whom he was referring if they want to go to the bathroom with him. And and then MJF, you know, comes back. And what does he say? I don't know what he's... I can't remember what he said, I, I but he zipped his pants said, up while he was saying but it. But he zipped his pants up while he was saying yeah. it. Implying that he pleasured all four of those women in a public bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gross. Pretty funny. Funny and gross. Pretty funny. Uh... We're then at, I guess, Adam Cole's house, MJF's house, someone's house. 
Because mm. Adam Cole says that he wants to get to pick what they do next. Yeah, so maybe Adam Cole sells. And what do they do? They play AEW Fight Forever on, it looked like, maybe my, uh, Xbox Series S or Series X, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely an Xbox of some uh, kind. And MJF actually enjoys it, as he should. Very fun game. And they win the World Tag Team titles together on the game. And they show it on the game with MJF and Adam Cole, uh, their characters on the game, holding the virtual tag team title belts up. And it was pretty cool. Nice plug for the game. The segment was delightful. Yeah. Oh, yes. It it really was. MJF and Adam Cole are gold together. They are currently one of my favorite parts of AAW. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's so fun and so funny. Just magnetic. And, yeah, it's wonderful. They're great on camera. They're great. Uh, in referencing AEW Fight Forever, I mean, that's a great ad for the game. Uh, I'd like to, to just say uh, we're recording this on Thursday the 13th. Uh, if you're listening Thursday the 13th, I'm going to be on uh, Dylan DiMacho Nacho's show, Last Week in Wrestling. Last Week in Wrestling, 7 p.m. tonight. We're going to be talking all about AEW Fight Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be there. Kay Fabulous will be there. Uh, Dylan, the host, of course, will be there. And he'll have some other guests. Uh, I think from Willie, Willie from Willie Does Wrestling. Uh, it's, it, it should be an excellent discussion. Uh, I have a lot to say about the game. And if you want to hear some of what I have to say about the game, we recently posted a YouTube review. I reviewed the Xbox One version of the game. That's the only version I've played. And uh, it's it's on YouTube. Uh, and our name on YouTube, of course, is No Bones About Wrestling. So just go and check out the video review of AEW Fight Forever. And for tonight's 7 p.m. show, you can find that on YouTube or on Twitter. Um, it'll be live streaming in both places. Yeah, and if you check our Twitter, we will be tweeting... When we, uh, we'll be tweeting when we go live oh, okay. with the link, so we'll we'll tweet mm-hmm. it out. Um, but yeah, and and it's called Last Week in Wrestling is the name of his. He's on Twitter, uh, but Last Week in Wrestling is the name of his show. Last uh, name of his Twitter account also. So just just look for Last Week in Wrestling, and as Kay said, live on YouTube and on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so MJF and Cole hanging out, enjoying it. Uh, yeah, these, these segments are good. I, I will, uh, it'll be sad when the inevitable breakup occurs between MJF and Cole. Yeah. So let me ask you, we have All In coming up on August 27th? I believe that's correct. Um... Do you think that this blind tag team tournament teaming and these buddy segments and all of this that we're doing right now between MJF and Adam Cole, do you think all of this is leading up to a match at All In on the 27th? Do you think they're doing MJF versus Cole at Wembley? Oh, I thought you meant are they going to end the tag team... No, are they going to get their no, opportunity? I'm saying, saying, I'm saying, obviously, this is leading to MJF yeah. versus Cole. Yeah. Are they doing it at Wembley? 
on on August 27. I think they must be because I don't know that there's time to set up well matches for either of them if it's not first each other. Of course there is. There's we got we're talking we got 45 days out. Yeah, but to finish the current storyline and then start a new one. You don't have to finish the current storyline. Oh, you, you can, can just keep, end it. No, no, you know, you can keep it brewing. You can keep it going. Oh, I see what you're saying. You don't have to finish the story between MJF and Cole. Cole. Mm -hmm. You can keep it going. So you could keep their friendship going through all in and then... You could keep the friendship going. And then have him feud with someone else in the meantime. Exactly. Um, And then then have it come to a head later. I mean, I would love for that to be the case. Because I would love for their friendship to last... Almost to all in, you know? Does that seem big enough? I mean, think about the roster. Does that feel big enough for all in to you, for Wembley Stadium? Think about how insanely over both of those people are. That's true. That's true. Like, I know that we don't think of Adam Cole necessarily as a big name comparatively, but he is, you know? Um, So, yes, I think it's definitely big enough. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think yes. Yes is my answer. Yes, I think they're doing this at all in. When they have them in the company, wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather do an MJF versus Omega or MJF versus CM Punk? Don't both of those sound like way bigger matches than MJF versus Adam Cole? They do, but... If you're doing this already, giant 80,000 seat show, don't I, you want to do... CM Punk or Omega for the world title? I think they're going to do Omega and Osprey for the the third okay. the third meetup. Well, let's count Omega out. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather do Punk versus MJF for the world title? I would. I, I than, would than Adam Cole. You know, I expected CM Punk after after all this this talk of um his feud for eighteen years or whatever twenty years with um Samoa Joe. And how he never beat him. I expected him to lose to Samoa Joe after finding that out um, in the Owen Hart Cup tournament. And then have a rematch at Wembley and do Punk versus Joe where Punk is finally victorious over Joe. But that's not what they did. So I don't know if they're going to do... Well, I mean, now, I mean the, story, now, Joe, the story is definitely now, not over. Joe could be wanting revenge and they could still do Joe versus yeah. Punk. And Joe has a belt. Joe has the Ring of Honor mm-hmm. World Television title. Yeah. I mean, I that I expected them to do Punk and Joe at All In. And I, I think how Joe reacted after the handshake after the match mm-hmm. by putting him in the Coquina Clutch. Yeah. I think, I think they're definitely going to have a rematch. And so I'm thinking Wembley for that. So Really? So you're thinking MJF versus Cole... Omega versus Osprey, Osprey, and Punk, Punk versus, versus Joe. Joe for the Ring of Honor TV title, or no? No. No. I mean, I guess, I guess he would, he could put his belt on the line, but I don't see CM Punk showing up on Ring of Honor to wrestle for the TV title. Like, I mean, to to defend it, you know. Um. So I don't think he wants that belt. Uh. So no, I don't. I don't see that being on the line. Um. Whether Joe loses it before then, so that it's not even an option or they just don't put it on the line. Um, 
The other thing, other battle I would maybe want to see with Punk is uh, Jay White. I think that would oh, yeah. be a good match. Yeah, yeah. And I think that would be a big enough, a big, a big enough match. So if they don't do CM Punk and and uh, Samojo, I'd like to see CM Punk and Jay White. Hmm. Interesting. Because they've had some some words, you know, on Collision. Yeah. Well, we've got a huge. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not sure how many tickets they've sold now. I know it's over seventy five fucking thousand tickets. Seventy five thousand. Tickets. That's so many people. It makes me like nervous just to think about it. And they're approaching eighty thousand tickets sold. But we are, as I said, uh, forty-five days away. Do you feel as though they should have any matches booked yet? Because we got nothing so far. I know this is going to sound crazy, but, like, I kind of like that they haven't said any yet. Yeah. Because I think it's generating... I mean, because it would be, you know, for most pay-per-views, usually you get about three weeks lead time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you've just had a pay-per-view, you get a week where maybe nothing's set up, and then you set up a match. So you get th- two to three weeks uh, build time. Mm-hmm. Before the next pay-per-view. So two to three weeks out is when things get booked. And we're 45 days out. So just over, what, six weeks out. Six and a half weeks out. Yeah, I I like that they haven't said any matches yet. Um, Which I know sounds weird. But I think that it's creating even more buzz. You know, like I think it's smart. I think it's smart to have not announced anything. Because think about how many posts you've seen on Twitter... That are fantasy bookings for all in. Oh, you know? I think it's we'll, like, we'll probably do one, probably. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've been seeing it since they announced all in. Since since they've announced it, people have been talking about what matches they'd like to see. I'll tell you one match based on everything they're doing, and this is not a guess. Uh, well, it is. The, one match based on everything they're doing um, that I feel very safe and saying is going to be on that card chris jericho versus sting doesn't it feel like oh, it absolutely doesn't yeah. it look like it yeah. and that that seems like wembley stadium mm-hmm. chris jericho versus sting yeah. first time ever mm-hmm. that's big yeah that's a big deal because they were in wcw at the same time but while they were in wcw chris jericho was in the cruiserweight division for part of the time and then when he got bumped up from the cruiserweight division he was a, a lower to mid card wrestler, so he never dealt with Sting, who was always in the you know main event. I mean, Sting's been a main event wrestler for thirty some years, Jesus. Uh, but Sting versus Jericho, I would I would bet on that for Wembley. It it just feels like they're building mm-hmm. it, and that man, first time ever. Talk but about see, something to put on the fucking marquee, you know. Mm-hmm. But see what I'm saying, like. If we already knew that, we wouldn't necessarily be talking about it as much as we've been talking about it with it being a mystery still. So I, I'm, I'm fine with them not having announced matches yet. I think it's a smart advertising move. Well, plus, we are a ways out. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder, I, I do wonder, it being such a big show, if we'll get matches advertised sooner than usual, you know? Are they going to wait till? Like August seventh or eighth to uh, start announcing matches. I think they'll 
you know. Well, typically they announce like one big match fairly early and then fill in the rest like in the week or two before. Because do they have, they don't have any big shows coming up, do they? They they do that AEW Grand Slam event in the fall usually. Uh, in the summer or the fall, Grand Slam. Because I know they have, this Saturday they have Battle of the Belts 7, for which they've announced one match. Which is kind of a kind of a big show they do. I guess it's not really a big show, but it's a, it's a thing they do. <laughs> September 20th, 2003, according to Wikipedia, is going to be the AEW Grand Slam. September for 20th. 20th. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I didn't know if it was coming before or after Wembley. Okay. So I, I was just curious if we had anything in between, if we're waiting for, for you know, a card... So we can have big matches and then have matches announced. So we're not waiting. We're we're on the road mm-hmm. to Wembley right now. Yeah. August twenty seventh. And I confirmed the September twentieth date with some more reputable sources. Thank they, you. They, they announced it two days ago. Thank you. So yeah, that Wembley and and just one note before we leave, they still have not announced how we're going to watch this Wembley Stadium event, or. If we are going to be able to watch it in the United States. That's because, of course, we're going to be able to watch it. I'm just pointing that out. I I think we'll be able to watch it. I'm just pointing out. They have not... Tony Khan hasn't said, oh, yeah, we'll be able to watch it. I mean, unless I miss something. He hasn't said, oh, yeah, everybody will be able to see it. And and they definitely haven't named a channel or said it's on pay-per-view or... Any any plans, any definitive plans, you feel like that should have been nailed down by now. Well, All Out, or All In, rather. I get that mixed up sometimes. All In, wasn't that their first ever pay-per-view? I don't remember if the first show was a pay-per-view. Okay. I think, um, I thought Double or Nothing was their first pay-per-view, but uh, I could be wrong. Okay. I could be wrong. Um... I just feel like he hasn't said said an announcement because why would he need to announce that? Of course, it's going to be on pay per view. It's always on Fight TV. Well, they, because he's a promoter, spot. he he would want to say, "Oh yeah, you'll be able to watch it in in America across yeah. across the country." You'd want to be able to say that. I haven't heard that. I would just think that he's waiting until you can pre order the show, and it's way too early to be able to pre order the show. Like, so you think it's going to be a pay per view? I think it's going to be a pay per view, and I think you can pre order it on Fight TV, and he's waiting till it's op- available to be pre ordered before he's like, yeah, you can get it on Fight TV, and then people go to Fight TV, and it's not there yet, you know? Hmm. Okay. I, I hope we get to see it. I'm, I'm, I bet we will. I'm sure we will. I'm almost, yeah. almost sure we will. But I'm just I'm just pointing it out. We're forty five days out, and we haven't heard a peep about how we're going to be able to see it. I mm-hmm. find it strange, like forty five days away. You want people to be able to put their money aside. I mean, mm-hmm. fifty bucks to to a lot of people is a lot of is money. a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, that's missing a power bill or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. To be able to pay for a pay per view, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, fifty bucks is. You got to put it back for a month. You know, mm-hmm. you need some notice if you're paying fifty bucks uh, with a surprise pay per view. So, I mean, and how much with tax? Was um, that five sixty? Talking about fifty five dollars sixty cents for a pay per view. Mm-hmm. 
Tony Khan needs to get on his get on his shit and let us know how we see this thing. Yeah, I don't know that a billionaire uh, thinks about money in that way. You know. I'm sure he doesn't. Yeah. But hopefully, some peon on his staff has told him that mm-hmm. that there are people living paycheck to paycheck who still want to see the pay per view and have some entertainment in their terrible drab lives. And AEW is the one thing that brings them joy. Yeah. And they want to see this huge show in England, but they don't know to put the money back, $55.60, which if you work minimum wage is what over, you know, seven hours, is over, over six hours for sure, maybe maybe over seven hours, just, just to point out how shitty minimum wage is, you know, we're talking a day's pay uh to pay for this event mm-hmm. uh you know people need to know to put that money back and we're 45 days out and we don't know and that is some bad marketing That's yeah what that I, mean, is. I, I agree i just i just think that it's assumed that it's a pay-per-view because of how they've and been. say it. And that, like, yeah. what, what's, yeah. what's the holdup? That's my mm-hmm. that's my curiosity. That's why I'm bringing it up again. Yeah. Is what's the holdup? If it's their usual fight TV, then hey, tell us. August mm-hmm. 27th, pay-per-view, fight TV. But they haven't said... Yeah. Like I said, they I, I sound like a broken record. Yes. They haven't <laughs> said pay-per-view. They haven't said yeah. cable. Mm-hmm. They haven't said streaming. Yeah. They haven't said what or how. Mm-hmm. But... Here's my question. Don't you imagine the plan is in place? Yeah, so they're just not So why us. the fuck not tell us? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. It's I, bizarre. Yeah, I don't have any answers for you, other than maybe they're assuming that we're assuming that it's on pay-per-view. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Bizarre to me that we haven't heard. Um. All right. Now we have a... Uh, Blind draw tag team tournament semifinal. Uh, this is the, of course, the uh, tag team tournament to determine number one contenders to FTR, the World Tag Team Champions. Uh, we have Darby Allen teaming with international champion Orange Cassidy, and we have two Jericho Appreciation Society members, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Uh, Cassidy and Guevara exchange arm drags. Uh, Darby with a cannonball dive out onto Garcia. Garcia hits a spinning front chancery. Uh, Guevara with a long... Wait a what? What did you call it? Spinning front chancery. What's that? I knew what it was when I wrote it down, but now I've forgotten. Okay. So It's, we, it's a can, really fun name. You can look it up. Yeah. Uh... Sammy Guevara with a long stalled vertical suplex on Darby Allen. Nice suplex. Uh, Garcia slaps on a lion tamer and tags in Sammy. Uh, Garcia covers Darby Allen for a two count. Orange Cassidy splashes Garcia off the top. Uh, Cassidy hits a Michinoku driver on Garcia, and Garcia puts him in a sharpshooter. Darby comes in, stuns Garcia. Orange Cassidy DDTs Garcia, 
covers him for two as Guevara breaks up the pin. Cassidy hits beach break on Sammy Guevara. Garcia grabs Cassidy for a series of one and two counts between the two, trading off two count here, two count here, two count here between Garcia and Cassidy. Garcia with a spike Uranagi on Cassidy on the apron. Painful looking spot. Uh, high knee by Guevara. Goes for a shooting star press and misses. Prince Nana uh, steals Darby Allen's skateboard. Brings it for Daniel Garcia to use. Uh, Swerve comes in to kick Darby in the head. Guevara then grabs Allen for the GTH. Hits it. Gets the pin and the win. Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia advance to the final of this blind draw tournament. So Allen and Cassidy, who we uh, we predicted were, would make the final, are out. Uh, thanks to some shenanigans. And as I said, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia are in the final. This was a, a very well-worked tag team match. Uh, all four men did a fantastic job. Uh, you know, you hate to see Swerve and and Prince Nana come in and uh, and ruin things. And you figured that we might see a, a Swerve feud with, with Darby or with, with Orange or with both coming up. But anyways... Uh, fantastic match, four bones out of five. Very solid uh, semifinal in this tournament. Kay, what do you have to say about this uh, semifinal match? Well, first of all, I'm very distracted and taken by the idea of a possible feud between Orange Cassidy and Swerve, because that might give Swerve another chance at the belt, because that's who I originally wanted Orange Cassidy to lose it to, was, was Swerve Strickland. So the idea that this might be pushing in that direction is exciting. Um, I thought this match was great. Uh, I agree with your four-bone rating. Um, one thing, I don't know if you mentioned this. I apologize if you did, and I'm repeating it. But it was weird enough where I feel like even if you did, it's okay for us to say it twice. Uh, it Why was weird. Why are you talking weird. so fast? Oh, I don't know. I'm excited about this match, I guess. Plus, I've had a lot of coffee. I'll try and slow down. Um, when Darby gets tagged in, uh, before he and Sammy engage in wrestling, they shake hands in the middle of the match. Did you mention that? Who? Darby and Darby Sammy? Darby and Sammy. Oh, I didn't notice it or mention it, no. Yeah, so in the middle of the match, when, oh, when, okay. when Darby finally gets tagged in, well, he approaches Sam- Sammy, and Sammy, who's been wrestling for probably, I don't know, like five minutes at this point, uh... They, they shake hands in the middle of the ring before they start grappling. Well, Sammy has been a, a face mm-hmm. recently, so I think they were just trying to yeah. instill that, uh, you know, let us know he's mm-hmm. still a face, guys. Yeah, and even at the and, end... And on his way out of the Jericho Appreciation Society, mm-hmm. it looks like. Yeah, and even at the end of the match, uh, after Sammy gets the pin due to the cheating by Swerve, I can't remember if it was, like, a fist bump or just, like, a nod, but there was a clear indication between Darby and Sammy that there's no, like, hard feelings, you know, that they're still, they're still friends, I guess, um, so that was worth, worth noting. Okay, cool. No, that's, that's good that you picked up on that. I, I missed that. Yeah, um, as far as the actual match goes, uh... 
there was a really cool series where there was a slumdog billionaire uh, from Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. followed by a stunner from Darby, followed by a DDT from Cassidy on Garcia. Um, and they, they got the pin broken up by Sammy, but otherwise I think that would have been the match. But it was just a really neat, quick sequence of moves. Um, and I thought there was lots of good dodging, uh, going back to sort of the beginning of the match when it was Sammy and Orange Cassidy. Uh, it took a while for the first few moves to actually hit because the men were were doing such a good job dodging each other's attacks, mm-hmm. um, which you don't see dodging a lot in wrestling. You see reversals a lot, but not, I mean, not a lot. You see reversals more frequently than dodging, so yeah, just worth noting. Um, yeah, and it was nice to see Swerve get involved in a match and do shady things. Mm-hmm. See, I wonder where, where they are going to take that with Swerve. Wherever they take it, good. I'm glad to see Swerve on TV and getting into stuff. Mm-hmm. That guy is is good. Yeah. Uh, he's very good in the ring. He is a killer on promos. And especially when he gets the time to do like a pre-produced promo mm-hmm. or, or a video, he comes across as such a fucking creep. Yeah. Such a slimy... <laughs> do anything creep mm-hmm. that he makes such a good heel. Yeah. He is he's really terrific. He he's one of the best heels that they have on this roster. He's one of my favorite people in AEW. And he could be he could be the top heel in the company. Mm-hmm. If they let him, if they made him, he could easily do that. Mm-hmm. Uh and I could see him with with they gotta change the name. I I feel of the Mogul Embassy. It's just it's a mouthful. It doesn't sound good, but I could see him as the head of a, a faction, uh, and and the top heel in the company. I could see that easily uh, with for Swerve Strickland, and that would be awesome. Uh, maybe, you know, some months down the line, maybe say you know, six months down the line or so. Build up, swerve a bit, maybe uh, maybe get a feud with a you know top heel swerve Strickland taking on CM Punk, you know something like that, uh, something something old and something fresh, mm-hmm. uh, be a nice mix, which is kind of what AEW is, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see him get the international intercontinental no, international title title uh, because Orange Cassidy's elevated that so much that I think. It would be a nice stepping stone on the way to the championship. Yeah, I personally would rather him get the TNT title and and use his reign to restore some of the... Uh, gravitas? The, thank you, great word. Some of the gravitas of the TNT title, mm-hmm. which due to the the number of switches lately... Uh, and the fact that Christian has kind of stolen it from Luchasaurus, the TNT title, its its respect level has kind of dropped a bit uh, in a lot of people's eyes lately. And I think that Swerve could win the TNT title and have a nice reign with it and, and bring some of that respect back to that title. I think it would be good for him and for that belt. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, enough about Swerve. Uh, Guevara and Garcia advance to the finals, so they will face the winner of 
MJF and Adam Cole versus Brian Cage and Big Bill. Up next, we had a Nick Wayne promo video, who later in this show is having his very first AEW match. He just turned 18 years old this past week. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. I can't imagine being 18 and being in AEW. Mm-hmm. I I went to wrestling school when I was 18. Oh, did you? Is that how old? I didn't yeah. realize that. Well, because I, I couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I, you had to be 18. Yeah. Uh, and I went to wrestling school when I was 18. Um... Yeah, and I, I looked about like Nick Wayne, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I did not have Nick Wayne's skill. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Uh, yeah, for, for those of you who don't know that story, long story short, I went to wrestling school and uh, ended up not being a wrestler. Uh, if you've seen me on our videos, I'm a, I'm a smaller guy. I did it just because it was something I wanted to do. You know, I really wanted to know what it was like and wanted to do it. So I did it. Uh, what I did do was I became an independent professional wrestling manager uh, for several shows. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. I was a heel named Shane McFly. <laughs> and so somebody has a video somewhere of me getting shouted at and called gay slurs and... Uh, other names by rednecks and bars at county fairs and other places like that. Shane McFly. Uh, yeah, so Nick Wayne has that match, of course, coming up with Swerve tonight. Uh, up next, uh, Renee with an Adam Cole promo. And Broderick Strong is there. And Broderick Strong asks Cole if he's really friends with MJF. Cole says MJF's a pretty good guy. Strong appears doubtful. Oh well. Could just be jealous, you know. Who knows? So Strong sees what all of us see. MJF is a big fat phony. And this is going to blow up in Adam Cole's stupid baby face face. <laughs> Well said. <laughs> and Roderick Strong <laughs> is the only one that has sense. Up next, we have... I feel like Renee's onto, the, onto him, too. Well, you know? but she's like uh She's an impartial... She she's, doesn't, she's Switzerland. Yeah. No. She, I don't know what to compare it to. Mm. Uh... Now we have a, another blind eliminator tag team tournament semifinal. Uh, of course, uh, as I said, the winner of this one faces Guevara and Garcia for the number one contendership. It's quite a this tournament has been quite a to do to determine a number one contender. Uh, I like it though. It's been yeah, fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. Just just a lot to go through for a number one contender. Uh, while the champions have been inactive. In defending their title. Well, what's weird is they're about to defend their title to a team that wasn't in this tournament. Yeah. World champion MJF and Adam Cole taking on Big Bill and one-third of the Ring of Honor six-man tag champions, Brian Cage. Of course, representing the Mogul Embassy. 
Uh, MJF tries to body slam Big Bill. Doesn't work. He goes for his own Hogan-Andre moment. He cannot attain it. Uh, MJF goes to kicking him. Cage in now. He punches MJF. Clotheslines him as well. Uh, MJF in. uh, Excuse me, Cole in. MJF and Cole go for the double clothesline on Brian Cage, who holds onto the ropes. MJF hits a heat seeker on Cage. Cole hits the boom. They get the pin and the win. MJF and Adam Cole advance to the finals. So we've got a final of MJF and Adam Cole versus Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia to determine the number one contender to FTR, the World Tag Team Champions. Uh, Gave this match, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, Short match, but entertaining. Uh, Gave it three and a half bones out of five. Kay, what do you have to say about this one? It was a fun one. Um, I love love the tag team of Adam Cole and MJF. Uh, They're delightful. So MJF... If you haven't noticed, when he wrestles, he always has a uh, elbow pad on that has some sort of message. Uh, and this uh, this match's message was double clothesline. Uh, <laughs> I didn't uh, yeah. I missed that. Yeah. Um, so, okay, you picked so it up on everything. And, and anytime you see him wrestle, always check out his, his elbow pad because it's, it's got a fun, unique message for that specific match. Um I loved the attempts at the body slam. I love the fact that Big Bill ripping MJF's shirt off and wiping his butt with it is what blew MJF up into the full rage where he bit his hand and then finally got the successful body slam. You know, I feel like that, that like Hulk up moment of rage was just awesome. Um, Yeah, I mean... I like that we saw a little bit of heelish action from Cole because we're we're seeing so much face action from MJF. It's nice to see a little bit of heel action from Cole. So he like he poked uh, he poke in the eye? cage in the eyes, you know, um, which is what set him up for for the win. Uh, so I, I liked that that we're seeing both men change, you know, mm-hmm. but. Cole's changing. Is MJF changing or is he acting? Oh, well, he's acting. But I mean, like, I, I like seeing... You just like seeing the the different yeah. action. Yes, yeah. But Cole is changing. MJF is acting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's, that's our final. Did they say when the final is? You would have it written down in your upcoming matches. Yeah, section. if they if said they it, it, if they said it, I'll have it later. Uh, but yeah, so MJF and Cole versus Guevara and Garcia uh, for the number one contendership sometime soon. What was your bone rating on that match? Three and a half bones out of five. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I didn't mention it when it when it happened because I was too busy praising it. But match of the night was Commander versus Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't mention it, but that, that was the match of the night, was the opener, Commander versus Jericho. Uh, Cole does a promo saying he and MJF are on a roll. 
he says they're going to win the world tag team titles, baby. When he said that, I was like envisioning MJF with the triple B and with a tag belt. And then I was trying to decide what if they would change the tag belts to look different and special for them, what that would look like. Hmm. I like the idea of MJF holding two belts. He's already such a dick with one, you know? I don't need the... the no, the, the tag team division has already been kind of stifled with with the the amount of trios matches they've had. One, which is okay because I love trios matches. But two, the tag team division has been stifled lately because of this tournament with the made-up teams. Mm-hmm. So, we have tag matches, but it's not Best Friends. It's not Lucha Brothers. It's not... The Guns. The Guns, yeah. right. It's... Brandos. Uh, Cage and Big Bill. Mm-hmm. It's Orange Cassidy and... Uh, Darby, Darby Allen. Allen. Yeah. So, my point is... And the tournament, don't get me wrong, the tournament has been great fun. It has been great fun. But it seems the whole tournament, and now I could be wrong because it's not over. It seems as though this whole tournament is to get to MJF versus Adam Cole. Mm -hmm. So could we not have done that without sacrificing the tag team division? You know? Because, like I said, the tag team division's just. No Hardy Boys. Like, we, we don't get to see tag team matches mm-hmm. anymore because we're so busy watching the made-up teams matches. So all the tag teams have been sitting on the sidelines. Okay. I think this is a fun idea. Oh. And I think it's been interesting to see people who aren't oh, It's a in great a tag idea. Team. But, but I mean, so what I was going to say is, are, would you prefer this to be like a special show, yep. like like a Battle of the Belts thing, where it's like... Yep. One, show. one show. One show. Yeah. Well, that's what WCW did. Mm-hmm. Eventually, uh, they, they did it on, on a couple Starcades, and then they had they gave it its own pay-per-view. They called it Battle Bowl. Mm-hmm. WCW did. It was one show. They do, do the pairings. And the way they did it was you do the tag team pairings. The tag team winners all go into a Battle Royal at the end of the night, the winner of the Battle Royal gets a big fancy ring. Mm-hmm. So, which is cool. Which is exactly how... It's a great idea. I mean, you get to see oddball matchups. You get to see enemies face each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll see an old tag team reunited. All that. You can mix it up, you know, a thousand different ways. It's a great idea. But it's not a... It, 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 the execution strung out over... Five weeks mm-hmm. and sacrificing your tag team division to do it isn't worth it. Just do, just make it a one night thing, and yeah. and that would be a such a fun idea. That's a really good point that I hadn't considered. I guess because they've been doing the FTR gun, not going gun club, uh, bullet club thing. You know, I just I hadn't thought about the fact that the other tag teams haven't had matches, you know? Yeah. Um, 
But that's a good point. It's been a long time since we've seen the like the Lucha Brothers. Or the Hardy Boys. Or the Hardy Boys. Or the Guns, yeah. Or... Well, I think Jeff's injured. Okay. Or is he? Well, we'll find I don't out. Know. We'll find out. But but my point being, we're best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my point is, they've they've killed the tag team division now, to do the this tournament with these made up teams, and I don't think it's worth killing your tag team division. W- with the only point, the only ultimate point being to get to MJF versus Adam Cole. Because, you could have. You could have done it two different ways. You could have done MJF versus Adam Cole on its own somehow without them being a team. One way number one, and then you're not sacrificing your tag team division. Or you could do it as I said, do it as a this mixed tag team thing. Or not mixed tag team, this random tag team thing. Do it as a one night show and then have uh you know, have have something happen between them then. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the one night show idea. Um, or you could even make it a two night show. Mm-hmm. Do part one on a dynamite or on a collision, and and the second part a pay per view. Uh, so you so you have the friendship a little longer, but. Like I said, they've just... Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, again, the tournament has been great. The blind draw tournament, aside from them not releasing brackets until the thing was has, you know, had been... had started already, uh, it's been great fun. But has it been worth sacrificing the tag team division mm-hmm. and putting these tag teams out of action? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I would... I don't think so. Mm. Because we could have gotten to MJF versus Cole. Now, that's been fun. But couldn't we have done that some different way than putting all these other tag teams on the shelf? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. I, I, I bet we could. And just to clarify, Jeff Hardy is not injured. I didn't think so. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Jake Hager comes to Chris Jericho, his fearless leader tells him he can't give him 100% if he's considering disbanding the Jericho Appreciation Society. And Hager, uh, as though uh, an, an officer would turn in his, his badge and gun, Hager turns in his stupid purple bucket hat. Uh, so Hager, apparently out of the JAS... Mm-hmm. So we're down to Menard, Parker, Garcia, Guevara, Anna, Anna, and Jericho. And Sammy Guevara seems on his way out as mm-hmm. well. Still a pretty big faction. I think that's the biggest faction in AEW, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So it, it seems on its way out, though. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think so. I think so. Too. I think so. Yeah. Could it, they could revitalize it? I could see. I could see Jericho pulling some ploy. You know. Mm-hmm. 
and just instead of disbanding, doing just the opposite and bringing in like three new members. Yeah. You know. Or like stealing Takeshita from Don Callis. Yes. Good call. Or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yes. I could see that happening. He likes doing that kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. if it if, if it looks if the easy thing, the way it looks, if the easy thing, is for Jericho to disband, and him to go with Callus, that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think so, because Jericho is is so good at manipulating and in in. in uh, in crafting storylines, I mean, mm-hmm. he's so good at manipulating people and uh, subverting expectation. Mm-hmm. He's he's great at it. So I'm very interested to see where this whole JAS is breaking up is going. Because yeah. I don't think the JAS is breaking up. They might get a new name mm-hmm. or something new members like a whole new roster something yeah it's not breaking up i don't think so hmm. I, I don't i don't think so i've i don't think so we'll see we'll see uh next up we had an owen hart foundation women's semifinal match uh, we have ruby soho of the outcasts of course, accompanied by world champion Tony Storm and uh, by Soraya. And Soho took on Sky Blue. Uh, the two ladies uh, exchanged some elbows on the ring apron. Uh, Soho falls on the apron. And uh, on the outside, Tony Storm throws Blue on the ring steps. And the ref notices the outcasts interfering, and the referee kicks Storm and Soraya out of the ringside area. So you may think, you know, there goes Ruby Soho's chances, because if you remember in the quarterfinal, she cheated to get the win over Dr. Britt Baker mm-hmm. by holding on to... Uh, Tony Storm's hand. Holding on to Tony Storm's hand, who was, and she was holding on to Soraya's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruby really going after Sky Blue's left leg here. And she rains kicks onto Sky's leg. Sky goes for Code Blue. Ruby holds on, flips over. Ruby gets Sky off the ropes, hits no future. And gets the pin. One, two, three. Ruby Soho with the win. She is in the Owen Hart Foundation final match. Yay! This match uh, was okay. There was not much to it. Uh, I give it three bones out of five. Very basic match. It was a very basic match, but this was... One of the best matches I've seen Sky Blue in. Um, she had fairly good offense early on. Uh, she has... Her matches are hit or miss, and I feel like this was a hit. Like, her everything... With the exception of at the very beginning of the match, like, the first move in the match was a slap by Ruby Soho to Sky Blue. Mm-hmm. 
that slap was fucking terrible. Like, I underlined the word terrible because of how horrible it was. Like, Sky Blue turned her head with, like, two inches between her, Ruby's hand and Sky Blue's face. It was, it was not good. Um, although, again, I feel like if that happened in WWE, the camera angle would have changed to make it look real, you know? Um, so, part wrestler's fault, part camera work. You like that, though, the way WWE changes camera angles to accentuate motion? No, I hate it. Okay. But I do like it when I feel like a move's not going to land and they do it to, to make the move come across. I'm okay. okay with it. Yeah. But no, I hate it. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's like battle scenes in movies with WWE with all the cuts uh, and angle changes. I'm not a fan. Mm, um, yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, I loved that... Ruby focused on the left leg of Sky Blue. I thought Sky Blue did a great job selling the left leg as mm. being injured. Mm. And I'm proud to say that Sky Blue had some great punches. That is the number one area that I shit all over Sky Blue about um, because her punches are always awful. And these were some great punches, like great punches. Not just for Sky Blue, but they would be great by any standard. And so I love to see that she's improving. Um I hope she keeps it up. And yeah, I was very pleased by Sky Blue. I hope she gets a little more consistency in in her matches. And if she can stay at this level, then I can see what everyone else is talking about with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looked good. Uh, Ruby looked good. They both mm-hmm. did. Uh, just like I said, there wasn't a lot, not a lot of flash to the match. Mm-hmm. So that's why I give it three bones. Just very, yeah. it was good. Everything there was good and solid. Uh, just, just basic. It was just there. So I uh, wish, wished for more out of these two ladies and they could have, they could have given us some more. I wish they'd been given more time. So a, a lot of it isn't their fault. Uh, I wish they had had more time to do their thing. Um, that's one thing I'll say it I'll say it every week the women do not get enough time on Dynamite that is one of the big failings of Tony Khan the women's division deserves more time on Dynamite especially when you have performers like Ruby Soho and Sky Blue who Sky Blue is is pretty good most of the time Uh, and Ruby Soho is always solid always entertaining Give them some time. What are you scared of? Give them some damn time to wrestle. Especially, this is a tournament yeah. semifinal. Like, it's a big deal match. Right, it, I exactly. Mean, yeah. Yeah, give them, give them nine minutes. Give them ten minutes. Uh, next, we saw an AEW collision highlight video. Uh, and they were highlighting... Uh, the events of this past Saturday. And coming up this Saturday on Collision, uh, it's looking like an awesome show already. We have uh, just two matches scheduled, uh, but for the World Tag Team titles, FTR are defending them against Switchblade Jay White and Juice Robinson in a two-out-of-three falls match. They put on a five-bone match last week on Collision, which if you missed it, if you missed Collision last week, 
go back and at least watch that that tag match. It was a an eliminator match, a title eliminator match, which is how Bullet Club Gold earned this tag title uh, match. But uh, Bullet Club Gold obviously won. Uh, if you missed that match, go back and watch it. It was fantastic. It was about twenty five minute long tag team match and very good. And this two out of three falls match, I expect greatness, and I think these four men will deliver. And so, of course, the winner of the number one contender tournament will face the winner of this match. Uh, the other match scheduled for collision, the Owen Hart Foundation uh, men's final, CM Punk taking on Ricky Starks. And I believe the Owen Hart women's final will also be on, uh, on collision. We'll have Ruby Soho versus... It's going to be either Athena or Willow. That match is going to be on Rampage. Correct. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I, what I'm looking forward to more, the men's or the women's final. I'd love to see Ruby Soho versus Athena. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I want. Yeah. I would love to see that. I don't think that's what we're going to see. I don't think that's what we're going to see. Athena hasn't lost in a long time, though. I know. So, we'll but, see. But Willow's wanting Willow's. A, match, a match on Ring of Honor for, for Athena's belt. Mm-hmm. And so I think Willow's going to win this match over Ruby so or against Athena here so that she gets a match on Ring of Honor and then lose the match on Ring of Honor. I think you may be right. Yeah. Um, up next, QTV presents Rap Class by Harley Cameron. Uh, Harley Cameron, the buxom British woman, has uh, a rap video... It's about what a minute, minute yeah, and thirty short, seconds yeah. long. It was, it was it was pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was it about? I don't even fucking remember now. I don't remember either. Well, seems like it was great. Yeah. I oh, it was about how she can rap. That's what the, that's, that's what, what it was about. Was, yeah. She can uh, she can talk very fast. It was very impressive how fast she can talk. Mm-hmm. Um. I when they announced this was going to be a thing, I was thinking it was going to be god-awful and it was not god-awful yeah no it's it's, It's fairly entertaining yeah yeah fairly entertaining even though i can't remember what it was i i do remember i was entertained for a minute yeah but yeah this this feud that harley cameron and qtv it's it's not really qtv qtv's feud it's like just harley cameron's feud with the acclaimed Mm -hmm. where she thinks she's going to turn bowen's straight yeah, you I know? guess, yeah. She's after him. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Like, the acclaimed and daddy ass are so over as a trios team. They need to be feuding with, you know, they they either need to be going after the House of Black and those belts or, or feuding with, who, who's a heel trios? Are there any others? Um, I can't think of any. I can't think of any either. I'm sure they exist. But the the acclaimed, my point is they, do they need to be in a, in a rap battle with Harley Cameron? 
who they can't even wrestle? Can't we do something better with the acclaimed? I think so. Uh, so while while this is maybe an entertaining diversion, I feel like they deserve something better mm-hmm. with how much they've done and how over they are. I feel like they deserve something better on the card than being in a rap battle with QTV secretary. I agree with you, you know? but I but I don't think I don't think the acclaimed versus House of Black is a good idea. Yeah, why? Because of how like fun and jokey the acclaimed are and how like scary and serious uh the House of Black are. I feel like even though they're opposites, I feel like that would not be a positive when you put them in the ring together. You know. It would only work if if House of Black like killed them. Yes. Like, and which which you don't want to do with your tag team that's or trios team that's like super crazy over. You know? Right. Yeah. So someone needs to win that belts from the House of Black, and then they can go after that that team. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, while we don't have like trios heel teams, we do have lots of tri- uh, uh, heel factions that have enough members where you can put three of them together in the ring and make a make a trio team out of them, you know? And you got the Dark Order, if you count them as heels now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Silver, Reynolds, and Evil Uno. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if we, we're counting them as heels, but... Yeah. Point being, can we do something better with the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass uh, in the trios division? Let's get some, some... Now that we're speaking about it, yeah, let's get some heel trios teams going. Because all we've got is House of Black and Dark Order, if you count them, and is that it? <laughs> well, we've seen with Daniel Bryan injured, we've seen the BCC and Trios matches. Oh right, thank you. Yes, yes, different BCC matches. So I mean, mm-hmm. we've we've got opponents. Yeah. Uh, and then you can mix and match with the BCC, of course. Mm-hmm. So uh, up next we have Swerve Strickland taking on the debuting Nick Wayne. The young man who just turned 18 this past week got an AEW contract when he was 16 years old. Can you imagine? No, I cannot. Jesus. Uh, lots of misses, switches, and reversals to begin with in this match. Uh, a lot of missed moves and, and, and reversals, as I said. Um, Hurricane Rana. Then a flying elbow by Wayne. Uh, the two men fight on the outside. Uh, backdrop by Wayne. Swerve executes a neckbreaker on the outside from the apron to the floor. Painful-looking neckbreaker by Swerve. A shotgun dropkick by Wayne. Uh, went for a stunner and reversed into a front-face suplex. Hurricane Rana... Then a diamond cutter, 2.99 pen count. Swerve got a foot on the ropes at 2.99. Looked like Nick Wayne was going to win this one, get a huge win. Uh, But foot, uh, as I said, Swerve got his foot on the ropes. Uh, Swerve gets up, hit the last call, covers Wayne. One, two, point nine nine again. Wayne is up. Uh, 
and Strickland grabs Wayne. It looks as though he's separating Wayne's shoulder. Uh, hits him with a JML driver, and this time Strickland gets the pin and the win. Uh, good match, hard-fought match, some nice spots. Wayne looked good, as I'll say for a number of people. Hit the gym, work mm -hmm. on your uh, your physique some, um, definitely. But a good match, three and a half bones out of five. Good debut for Wayne. Uh, nice win for, for Swerve. Swerve made him look great. Mm -hmm. Swerve did a great job in this match. Yeah, three and a half bones out of five. Kay, what do you have to say about this one? Um, well, I think this is another great example of a wrestler putting someone over but still winning. Mm -hmm. um, so just like with Jericho's match with Commander, um, I feel like Swerve did a fantastic job letting Nick really shine during this match. Um, I thought it was pretty obvious that these two had wrestled a lot, uh, each, each other a lot, I should say, um, especially at the beginning of the match. Uh, good fisherman suplex into a bridging pin by Nick. Um, great reversals by both men, especially especially Nick. Um, Swerve had two vicious backbreakers uh, in a row. Uh, and then Nick had a reverse Hurricane Rana followed by a Wayne's World, which is a DDT. Uh, but I love, I love that that's his finisher. But that was for a two count. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I'm, I'm excited to see more from Nick Wayne. Um, one thing that I, I did want to point out was how good he was at selling for someone so young. Because I think that that's that's almost like I think the hardest thing for most wrestlers like when you go to independent shows or even sometimes when you see people who are new to AEW or WWE selling is is if they have a weakness it's usually either promos or selling um AEW I'd say all around if you want to name one weakness all around selling yeah and so and so I thought I thought he did a good job uh, with it, with selling. He didn't... I, I think there's a tendency to oversell uh, for inexperienced wrestlers, and he was not doing that. Um, he was he was making Swerve stuff look like it hurt, you know? Uh, I thought he did a good job with that. Cool, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he has a good future. As I said, hit the, hit the weight room. Definitely get your physique looking better. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's something. Giving him a contract at 16, I can't get over it. Mm -hmm. But they saw his matches. I mean, this kid, you know, I've said it before. Some people have it. Some people don't. This kid has it. Mm -hmm. um, so again, I think if he works on his physique, which... You're 18. He's still growing. You yeah. know, that will come, and and especially now that he's a full time wrestler, and and has will have more time to work on his physique. You know, he'll 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 develop better, develop more, I should say, and 
and I think Nick Wayne has a has a pretty bright future. If this match, I've seen some highlights before, um, but yeah, if what I've seen is any indication, this kid has a very bright future in this sport. All right, real quick, some upcoming matches. Uh, Rampage on Friday, Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Women's Semifinal. Uh, you got Willow Nightingale taking on Ring of Honor Women's World Champion Athena. And, of course, her title is not on the line. The winner of that will face Ruby Soho on Collision uh, the next day on Saturday. Also on Rampage, Trent Beretta versus the Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer. That could be an interesting match. Uh, Kanosuke Takeshita, we'll hear from him. Uh, we will hear from women's champion Tony Storm, women's world champion, I should say, Tony Storm. See what she has to say. And we're going to see Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes take on Matt Menard and Angelo Parker of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee, what was their team name? Naturally Limitless. Yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Taking on Menard and Parker. So, so we're, we're getting a tag match there, then, with yeah. real tag teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. Well, the tag team division now that this tournament's winding down can maybe mm-hmm. get back to back to normal, which would be nice. I prefer the trios division, but I'm fine with both, a tag and a trios division, as long as they can keep them both up mm-hmm. with, with, with enough teams to, to make them viable divisions. Yeah. So up next is our main event, right? Well, or you got, I got more matches? I got more matches. Oh, more so. matches, okay. So on Collision, as I said, the... Uh, oh, I already said that. You got the women's Owen Hart final, the men's Owen Hart final, and then FTR versus White and Robinson in the two out of three falls match for the tag titles. Uh, right after Collision this Saturday, set your DVRs because it won't be, you know, it won't be set unless you've already done it. Uh, Battle of the Belts 7 comes on Saturday night at 10 p.m. We only have one match announced so far, and that is TNT champion Luchasaurus, of course accompanied by Christian Cage, who runs around acting like he's the champion. Uh, He is not, though. Uh, Luchasaurus is defending against Sean Spears at Battle of the Belts 7. I assume we'll get some more matches made on Rampage. It's it's weird to me, again talking about AEW scheduling. We're we're recording this on Thursday. They've got this big special, Battle of the Belts seven, on Saturday. <laughs> we got one match for the yeah. damn thing. Yeah. That's just, it's just poor, poor planning, poor advertising, mm-hmm. poor marketing. That's all it is. Yeah. One goddamn match. On your big Battle of the Belt 7, you want people tuning mm-hmm. in at 10 p.m. Saturday night? And you're not going to tell us what's You got Luchasaurus today. versus Sean Spears. This might do a record low rating. Yeah. I'm not trying to be funny. No, I know. Yeah, you're, I'm you're just saying. Crazy, yeah. uh, also coming up July 19th, 
uh, on Dynamite, Blood and Guts, which we're going to talk about right now because our main event was talking. Uh, Don Callis comes out and he runs down Kenny Omega, calling him this and that and every name in the book. And it, uh, it's announced uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, their fifth member. So we have uh, we have John Moxley, Kanosuke Takeshita, uh, Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Wheeler Yuta, and member number five, the returning Pack. Yay. So I hadn't heard anybody predicting that one. No, me either. So uh, Pack returned. Yeah, it's awesome. And Pack, Moxley, and Takeshita attack Kenny Omega. They hold Omega down as Callus kicks Omega in the head. And they ask Omega for last words, like they're going to kill him or something. Uh, he says, We have a fifth member too. Check the screen. And they show uh, on the on the giant screen, and as most people expected, it's Kota Ibushi, who never seen him wrestle. I've seen clips. Uh, looks very skilled. Can I just say that they did a good job of actually putting together a highlight reel to show us when? Because when they did uh, Forbidden Door. They didn't really do that for the people that we didn't know. Right. And so it was nice to see them showing us some stuff for those of us that aren't familiar with him. Yeah, why we should give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And that and that's one of the, uh, you know, point of contention among AEW fans. Do they need to explain who these people are? Do they not? And I'm on the, yeah... Uh, of course they do. Mm-hmm. You tell me Kota Ibushi. Okay. It's it's the same as Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. Tell me why I should give a fuck. Yeah. You know? Show me. Mm-hmm. Who's Kota Ibushi? Yeah. You can't just have him show up and be... And he's a friend of Kenny Omega, so, oh, I love him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't work that way. Show me some stuff. Give me a video package. Doesn't even have to be a long one. Make it make it three minutes, you know? Let him say a couple things. Show me some moves. All right, I got a personality. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good point. A, a, a good time. Three minutes. When when you got people coming over from Japan. And and sometimes they, they'll do that type of thing, and sometimes they don't. And then the announcers, you know, when they don't do it, the announcers will just be like, oh, he's from, from New Japan and, you know, does this and that over there. It's like, that means nothing. If we, if, we, mm-hmm. if you don't watch New Japan, that means nothing because you don't know the skill level of New mm-hmm. Japan. You know the reputation of New Japan, but you don't know the skill level. So when they say, oh, they won this belt, it's like, ah, okay. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how good the guys in New Japan are. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what, what that accomplishment means because I haven't seen these guys wrestle. Yeah. He could be he could be terrible. They could all be terrible mm-hmm. if I don't watch it, you know? Yeah. I mean, of course they're not. I'm just saying, a for, yeah. for instance, that, I mean, that's the way 
you know, people's minds are, Mm -hmm. is that if they haven't seen something, you can tell them they want every belt in the promotion, but if they don't watch New Japan... Who gives a fuck? And I think it doesn't mean didn't doesn't mean much to them. I think that's with any promotion, not just New Japan. Like yeah, when yeah. Elio Del Vikingo came, yeah, they didn't do any kind of like promo package for his match, and he's fucking mind blowing. Like he is like, sorry to take this away from Ricochet, but he is like a human highlight reel. You know, I mm-hmm. mean like, oh, yeah. and obviously we freaked out when we finally saw him, but if we had had that like excitement and anticipation because we'd seen what he can do via some sort of introduction, it would have made that match all the more exciting, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. And there are some people, you know, I mean, we watch every second of this stuff. There are some viewers who don't. So it's like, you want them to watch Vikingo, give him a video package, show mm-hmm. him doing his crazy shit so they don't tune out mm-hmm. when his match comes on. So give them a reason to stay tuned for Vikingo. Otherwise, it's just... You know, Kenny Omega versus a short guy. Mm-hmm. A short, yeah. a short stranger. Yeah. If you got no video package, a short, a short stranger with a belt from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Give him, you know, give him a video package. And this, like I said, this is an argument all over the internet. Video package or no video package? Yeah, somebody shows up. Video package. Three mm-hmm. minutes. That's all you need. Three minutes out of a. How long is it? Eighty-eight minute show. Mm-hmm. Not not much. Not asking much. Um. So all right. So the faces. Uh, they say it's Kota Ibushi, and so here come Paige and the Young Bucks to help out Omega, who's still getting his ass beat by the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, and the faces beat down the heels. Omega says. When they get down uh, the five wrestlers, that's when he's coming for Callus at Blood and Guts. I like it. So, Blood and Guts, July 19th. That is next Wednesday. We have Blackpool Combat Club. That is John Moxley, Kanosuke Takeshita, uh, Ring of Honor World Champion, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Utah, and guest member Pack. I'm not sure if he's joined the Black Bull Combat Club or what the deal is, but yeah, that's a good question. He's on their team. Yeah, I don't know if he's joined or what, but he's on their team. Uh, taking on the Elite, of course, Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and their fifth member Kota Ibushi. Should be an awesome fucking match, Blood and Guts. I have a question about Blood and Guts. Yes. Um, so is it just part of the Dynamite show, or is it like Battle of the Belts where it's going to be like the hour after No, the it's show? part of the Dynamite show. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. so awesome. I love how they like have like named, named special shows that are just episodes, but are special episodes. That's really fun. I agree. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's some... To talk some positives, there's some AEW marketing that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah, I love it when they when they will name a Dynamite or, or whatever show, mm-hmm. an, a special name. Yeah. They haven't done that with Collision, but I guess just because it's so new. I've only had four episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I love when they call Dynamite, whatever, Beach Break or... 
Or Winter is Coming. Winter is Coming or what, what, Fighter Fest, which mm-hmm. they haven't done this year yet. Maybe uh, it's coming. Yes. Is that the one for charity? I believe so, but I'm not positive. I believe so. But yeah, that's fun when they name them different things. Um, but yeah, man, very good show. Very good show with some varied wrestling. Uh, highlight of the show. Um, Commander. The, the, the three highlights of the show. Yeah, Commander Wrestling for sure. Kota Ibushi showing up and Nick Wayne's AEW debut. Uh, my favorite part of the show, personally, Commander. No doubt. Uh, this guy is a standout. He's terrific. Wait, uh, did Ibushi actually show up? Or I thought they just showed the video package. Was he in the ring at the end? I thought it was just the Young Bucks and... No, no, yeah. Okay. It's just Paige and so you the mean Young just Bucks. him being announced? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you said showing up. I thought you meant like he was actually there. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cause confusion. It's okay. Um... Yeah, as I was saying, though, just Commander, he's fantastic. I love him. One of my favorites. A standout. He's been on Rampage a bit. Uh, It's nice to see him on Dynamite. I think he's only been on Dynamite a handful of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree Uh, with that. So let's keep it up. I mean, he's an attraction. The the second that people start seeing him walk those ropes, they're sold, you know? They really get behind this guy. He is, he's an act, and I mean that in a good way. Mm-hmm. He's an act, he's an attraction, and the way he walks the ropes, it's not in a stupid way, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not holding their hand and walking the ropes like The Undertaker used to do, when it's just like, pull him off, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He he gets his opponent down, and they're prone, and walk the ropes, or they're, you know, they're stunned. Mm-hmm. And he walks the ropes and does his move. Yeah. He uses the ropes as a means of attacking from different angles mm-hmm. than other wrestlers can. And that is so cool. Yeah. So cool. I, I love him, as you can tell. Um, he and Elijo Del Vikingo have been my favorite two uh, newer wrestlers to the to newer to the US scene mm-hmm. uh, wrestlers in, in quite a while. Uh, you have anything you want to say to wrap up this episode, Kay? I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Give, yeah. give women's matches more time. I agree. Same thing. I really enjoy the episode. Give the women more time. MJF and Cole, that was funny, too. Oh, delightful, so, yeah. yeah. But yeah, give the women more time. They deserve it. Uh, fun show. Let's see. You can catch us. If you're listening... On Thursday, uh, tonight, we are going to be on uh, our friend Dylan's show, Last Week in Wrestling, at 7 p.m. We're going to be discussing the awesome new video game, AEW Fight Forever. Uh, We're going to be discussing it. If you want to see my review of the Xbox One version, check it out on our YouTube. Of course, it's No Bones About Wrestling on YouTube. Um... What else is going on? Uh, uh, later today, you're going to post a unboxing video of AEW's new All Elite crate that just arrived yesterday. We haven't... I, I accidentally opened it, but we haven't mm-hmm. gone through it yet. Um, we're going to do that on the video. 
Um, so check out YouTube later for that. Yep. Uh, that on YouTube. Uh, what else have we got? Cooking? Saturday, uh, we have our collision recap and review. Well, that'll no, be on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, our collision recap and review. And then Sunday, we're also doing... Well, if you want to, if you want to check us out, we're doing a horror movie review on, uh, on Willie's channel. Willie does wrestling. Uh, I believe 7 p.m. on Sunday, we are... Uh, reviewing, analyzing, talking about the 2018 horror film Hereditary. So if you want to get creeped out, uh, come listen to us Sunday. So just to run down real quick again, uh, today go check out my uh, AW Fight Forever uh, review, which is already up on YouTube, coming later today on YouTube. Uh, an AEW uh, Elite All Elite Crate unboxing, which is a box full of stuff that they send, mystery stuff. Uh, tonight at 7 p.m. on Last Week in Wrestling, check us out. We're talking about AEW Fight Forever. And then. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Collision. Our AEW Collision podcast, as always. And Sunday night at 7 p.m. We'll be on Willie Does Wrestling on his channel discussing the film Hereditary. So a lot of stuff happening. Uh, Join us for it. Uh, Love to see you, hear from you, all that kind of stuff. Don't forget to like and subscribe anywhere you see our content. Yep, and Um, rate us us five bones, five stars, ten stars, whatever they'll let you do. (laughs) The highest they will let you do. Because that's how we get new folks, and we need new folks, and we can all all talk about wrestling together and have a good time. So, thank you for listening, and as Mick Foley would say, have a nice day. Bye.